0: Hey everyone, welcome to Be the Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you never lose hope. My guest this week is Perrine Matre, and she is on the board of directors and working with Improve the Dream which is an organization advocating for documented dreamers who grow up as dependents of long-term visa holders, but then they age out and are faced with self-deportation at the age of 21. As a documented dreamer herself, Perrine is very passionate about this issue, and I learned so much through talking with her. So, without further ado, let's get started with this episode featuring Perine Matre.
1: So my name is uh, Perrine Matre, and I am a member of a group called Improve the Dream. It is a youth-led advocacy organization that um, advocates for children of long-term visa holders who uh, age out of their statuses at 21 and have no uh, feasible pathway to citizenship afterwards. Um, I myself am a fourth-year student at the University of Iowa, studying biomedical engineering and minoring in business administration. Um, I have—I was born in India, and um, I moved to the United States when I was four months old. So um, I've been in Iowa for most of my life. Um, go Hawks! <laughs> and yeah, it's—I—I um, I grew up on a dependent status, and so. Um, it was a very alienating experience, and I didn't know anyone else that had gone through what I was going through. And it wasn't until March of 2021 where I joined Improve the Dream, and I found a community there. And I truly felt like I could not only advocate for myself and my situation, but it helped. It made me realize that. There were so many other kids going through what I had gone through, and I didn't want that to happen to anyone else.
0: I think it's so inspiring that you're doing this work to prevent others from feeling that same alienation that you felt growing up. And I think it's so true that so many people don't understand what it would be like to be in that situation. And I would love if you could just tell me a little bit more about your background and what it was like growing up as a documented dreamer. Can you just tell me some about that part of your story?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, like I said, I was on a dependent status for um, almost all my life. That basically means, so um, that basically means as a child, I um, wasn't able to enter into a lot of competitions or as a high school student, I wasn't able to get a driver's license uh, very quickly. Um, It was a, it was a month. It was a multiple months long process that was really hard for me and my family. Um, And it seems like such a small thing, not being able to drive, but it really just builds on top of one another. Um, Documented dreamers like myself weren't able to get any sort of federal aid. We aren't qualified for most scholarships. And on top of that, uh, we have no work authorization. So um, uh, we can't work at our local coffee shop it was just really hard because you'd, you'd hear your peers say, oh, you know, I, I, I got this job. I got this research position. I'm going to get paid XYZ, I can qualify for this internship, which is amazing. And it's like we, you know, we grew up in the same boat. We went to the same schools, yet because of a piece of paper, we're different. And in addition to that, the struggles of switching over to visas when you're when you age out is just it takes a toll on your entire family. I remember um, I switched over to a student visa, which is what most documented documented dreamers do after they turn 21. They they either have to go back to the country where their passport's from, or they take a leap and they try to apply for the student visa. And even getting that is so difficult. Um, The chances are honestly not, it's not, they're not in our favor. And it's it's a very expensive process as well. And so there is that. And then there is, you know, being an international student, having to, it seems like we're going through the same hoops our parents went through. And then once we graduate, there's the added struggle of applying for an H-1B work visa, which is based on a lottery system. So in our minds, it feels like the struggle never ends. It's, you know, we're either applying for a visa or we're extending our stay by a little bit. And if we don't get a visa, we're going back to the country where we lived in when we were babies. So it's just a very hard and um, isolating experience. Um, and I, I remember, especially during um, uh COVID in 2020 and in the early months of 2021, um, like many young people, I was also struggling uh, mentally. And on top of that, my immigration status was a huge burden that I felt like I was carrying. Um, I And I, at this point, I didn't know a lot of people that were in my situation. So it was was really hard during that time to, to continue on with life and continue on with school. Um, fortunately I was able to find improve the dream where I, I felt like the members in that group really gave me a voice. They really inspired me to, um, to speak up and to, uh, talk about every my story as well as everyone else's. And, um, I, I feel so, so privileged to, to do this because I, my heart really aches for those documented dreamers who don't know that there is a community because, you know, we're, we're here, we're really trying to push for um, different pieces of legislation. We're trying to advocate, we're trying to build support um, both internally and externally. And um, it, I really feel like I, I have a voice and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful.
0: I'm so glad that you were able to find that community and connect with people who had similar experiences and who are in similar positions. And I'd love to know more about Improve the Dream as well. Can you tell me some about the organization's mission and what you're doing with the organization?
1: Of course. So I I joined the group last March, March of uh, 2021, and um, I was a... very grateful to be able to testify in front of the uh, House Judiciary Subcommittee on uh, Immigration and Citizenship. And I was able to tell my story to all these lawmakers. And it was, I mean, you know, it was the first time where I had obviously done this or anyone I knew had done this. Uh, There was no like, um, uh, there was no one that I could really go to for advice. But um, I, you know, I was fortunate enough to have the support of the group. In addition to that, the group was also um, able to support um, or I guess help introduce a a piece of legislation called America's Children Act. Um, It is a bipartisan bill that's been introduced in both the House and the Senate. Um, in fact, I think it is the most bipartisan immigration bill in both chambers, which is very exciting. But basically, that the bill is, I mean, pretty um, pretty targeted. Uh, it it affects one specific group, which is our group, and um, it's a pretty small bill. Um, but uh, just to give like a very quick summary essentially, if you are a child of a long-term visa holder, you've been living in the United States for 10 consecutive years, and you, um, if you have gone to an American education institution and have graduated from a four-year school, um, you basically can, you're eligible to apply for a green card. And not many people know that even just applying for a green card is a big deal. Yes, uh, waiting in that line, waiting the Backlog that has contributed to our current issue is very painful for all families. But just applying for a green card is a big deal. Um, So in addition to that legislation, we have also been able to gather support on both sides of the aisle, which is um, not only exciting, but it really shows the country that, you know, there are parts of immigration where both parties can come together and agree on. Um, It's just a matter of when. And so, yeah, I mean, that's 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 what we've been doing. And other than that, we we tend we meet with a lot of uh, congressional offices, um, various advocacy groups, um, different policymakers to um, tell our stories, to help advocate for this bill, and as well um, and and in uh, and for all the other documented dreamers that are uh, going through uh, what we have gone through.
0: Definitely. And you've spoken so much about the alienation you felt and how you felt alone in your situation. And you're doing all of this work to ensure that others don't have to feel the same way. But if you could share one piece of advice with all of the young documented dreamers out there, what would you want to tell them?
1: All, all I can say is we're all in the same boat. I have been in their shoes. I mean, I, I remember uh, coming home from elementary school, middle school, high school, or even college coming home and just crying because there is, there was, and still is so much uncertainty, um, in my future. And I, I felt alone. There was no one I could talk to, um, except for my parents who, while they were supportive, obviously didn't completely understand. Um, I, I know that it's tough and I know that, uh, it's, it's honestly wrong, but I, I promise you that trying to speak up, sharing your story, it does more than what you would think. I think education and raising awareness to, to your issue, to your story, regardless of what, of what you're talking about, what the issue is, I think that is a huge first step that anyone can take. Um, and it all starts from there.
0: Okay, so I have one last question for you, and it's kind of along similar lines, but there are so many young people out there, high school students, college students, who want to create change, and they want to make a difference, but they may not know how to get started. Do you have any advice for those people who may be listening?
1: I think the most important thing is to start in your own community. Whether it is your local community, community, like your town, or... um, for me, my community was documented dreamers and immigration or um, any issue that you believe in. Start there and change doesn't happen overnight. I mean, there are, there are so many people who have dedicated their entire lives to various causes and issues. And um, I think that's something that, that I, we all have to realize is that it definitely doesn't happen overnight. But just starting within what you know and what you're comfortable in make connections, talk to people, listen to people, listen to people's stories and never lose hope. I think hope is the only thing that it sounds cheesy and very cliche to say, but I think, you know, if, if, if we, if we lose hope in whatever we believe in, it's nothing's ever going to get done.
0: I learned so much through this conversation with Perrine, and I'm so grateful that she is sharing her experience in order to raise awareness about the issues that documented dreamers face in the United States. Perrine is doing all of this work so that other young people and future generations don't have to face the same challenges and worries that she and her family had to face. I loved Perrine's last piece of advice when she said that we should never lose hope. I think that's a common theme throughout Perrine's life, when she talked about the uncertainty she faced when it came to jobs and visas and school, but through all of those challenges, she never lost hope, and now she is actively working to make a better future for others. I think we can all keep Perrine's story and her words of advice in mind, especially when facing challenges, because change comes when you never lose hope. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can connect with Perrine on Instagram at Perrine Matre, and you can also find Improve the Dream at Improve the Dream on Instagram as well. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at podcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.